After an hour of listening to the orchestra, my anticipation was growing. It was my first time hearing the famous Ninth Symphony by Beethoven, and I, like many others in the audience, had found myself drawn towards that great fourth movement, the Ode to Joy. As soon as that vocal quartet stepped up to begin singing, I could feel my heart rate increase. The string section then overtook the vocals with aggression and drive, the entire orchestra trading notes back and forth in a style which is unmistakably Beethoven's. If you've heard this symphony, you'll recall that this section drops suddenly into a quiet solo horn playing a simple line of notes all alone. This is the calm before the storm. Immediately after we had been lulled into this calm, restful moment, the entire orchestra and choir erupted into one of the most famous sections of music ever penned. The atmosphere literally changed at that moment. The entire room lifted up. As I sat in the audience hearing all of this, or rather experiencing it, I could feel my body and my heart begin to soar. You, you don't sit and listen to a Beethoven symphony. It pierces into you. That night was one of the few times I can say that my heart has truly been pierced. I had been pierced by something beautiful. Many of us have heard before about Jesus' side being pierced by a Roman spear following his death. The soldiers who were sent to take down his body had plunged a spear through his ribs and into his heart so they could truly know that he was dead. The Gospel of John takes time to explain that both blood and water spilled out of his side. This may actually tell us that Jesus' heart had ruptured during the agony of the cross, causing something called the pericardial sac to mix its fluid with his blood. The death of Jesus had been uncharacteristically fast as far as crucifixions go. Often the victim of a cross died due to suffocation or dehydration days after being nailed to their cross, but Jesus had died within mere hours. Had his heart literally broken? We don't know, but we do know that his unbeating heart was now pierced violently by a man with a spear. At this point in John's Gospel, the writer pauses from his story and wants to make something very clear to his readers. In John 19, verse 35, just after the piercing of Jesus' side, he writes, He who saw this, the piercing of Jesus, has testified so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. Now, no one really knows who this witness was. All we get is a nameless, he who saw. Perhaps it was John himself. Perhaps it was the soldier who had actually done the piercing. Perhaps it was the same centurion who had witnessed the crucifixion and realized who Jesus truly was. Whoever it was, he who saw the piercing of Jesus' heart had been pierced himself that day. 
he was pierced by the sight of something so horrific and yet so beautiful that he simply had to bear witness about it. He was pierced with the sight of Jesus hanging dead on a cross. I wonder if he was pierced with that same deep realization that had changed the criminal who hung next to Jesus. You might recall the sudden heart-piercing moment that drew the dying man to see the face of God dying next to him. He had been pierced to the heart and called out to Jesus for mercy, and Jesus gladly offered him the promise of paradise. Now this other man looked up to see the face of God, so broken-hearted that blood and water spilled out of him. The sight changed him. Perhaps it will change us too. Let's take a moment today to look at Jesus. He did not cling to his own life, but gave himself fully into the hands of death so that through him, death itself would be proven powerless by God. And all of this left Jesus brokenhearted on the cross. Let's pray. Jesus, pierce our hearts with vision and sight of you. Help us to not gaze so far past the cross that we miss your humble and gracious love that pierced the hearts of those who are most violent towards you. Amen.